0: Welcome to our podcast. Uh, today we have a special guest, Howard Dell, former Olympian, professional athletics coach and high-performance coach with many years of experience. He's also our executive advisor of International Association of Strengths and Conditioning. Hello, Howard. Welcome to our podcast. Well, I thank you, my friend.
1: Good to be here. Always good to have a little chit-chat, you know, let the, let the world know. What they should be
0: doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good to see you again. This is the first, uh, the second. Our podcast with you is a pleasure. Uh, Thanks for accepting our invitation. Uh, Can you a little bit talk about yourself? Uh,
1: Yeah, you know, it's been a very interesting life so far. I mean, in terms of the strength and conditioning aspect, I guess that's what most people would be interested in. Uh, I've been doing strength and conditioning for almost 30 years, Um, you know, coaching and, and coaching in different um sports working in the nba the nfl track and field golf tennis um in, in romania you know i've uh, i've done a lot of a lot of stuff in romania i've uh, actually won a lot of strength and conditioning awards in in, uh, in romania from the government and um you know and athletics is probably my favorite absolute my, my favorite sport to uh, to coach and work with i've worked with some some great olympians um and some of the men fast men and women in the world so it's it's been a treat and i've, I've, I've been mentored by as far as I'm concerned, some of the best athletics coaches on the planet. Everybody from you know John Smith, who is like my hero; he's the greatest of all time. Um, yeah, got Jim Bush, and um, you know I even had uh, the opportunity to uh, spend some time with Charlie Francis. So, yeah, um, athletics is one of my favorites.
0: Right, great. Yeah, also, you're a pro athletes. Can you tell us about it because yeah, you've been two basketball. Olympians.
1: Uh, yeah, um, I got an opportunity to uh, back in the back in the day. I had uh, professional uh, basketball with. Uh, L.A. summer tour team. Um, then we had professional football. I played in the Canadian Football League, uh, briefly in the National Football League. And um, and then I was an Olympic bobsledder, uh, world championship bronze medalist in bobsled. So, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, like I say, I'm just uh, enjoying working with uh, great athletes in, in all the different sports. And athletics has been my most successful, you know, in the sprints, particularly. But uh, I've also worked with tennis players you know I had number seven in the world Patty Schneider, when she was playing i had um you know I've had a lot NCAA champion Carrie Phoebus singles and doubles when she was playing you know so I've had a lot of uh, wow. a lot of work in, in tennis as well, but for the most part um you know
0: overall strength and conditioning and speed is 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 my forte uh how how to how to decide to be a coach you know what's because you know Usually the high performance, you know, those high-level athletes, usually they, you know, they don't come to the coaching. They will try other things. How, how you decide to be a coach? Deciding to be, deciding to be a coach is, um,
1: you know, for me, it's like deciding to be a, a, a doctor, an engineer, something like that. You know, engineer, you like to design things and you like to make the world a better place, more efficient. You're a doctor. You want to help people. You want to, you want to, you want to cure the, uh, the sick and the tired. And the coaching is something similar in terms of I'm passionate about it and you want to help people see how good they can be, you know, with just the right, you know, it's coaching is like an interpersonal skill thing. It's not just like shut up and do what I tell you to do and you'll be great. Mm -mm, It doesn't work like that. You know, it's a a collaboration and uh, you have to take this. I take what I call the scientific approach in terms of logistics, you know, Um, and you have to have, you have to have some kind of empathy as well. You have to understand being, being a former athlete, you know. You've had good days and you have bad days. And some days it's just not your day. Doesn't mean your training's incorrect, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, That's obviously okay. you determine if you, if you have a good coach in terms of your progression. Am I running the same time I did last year or two years ago with this coach? Am I, you know, have I gone have I gone five years with this coach and I'm not any faster? Well, hmm, maybe it's time to change. So I just uh, love coaching because I, I want people to see um, how amazing they can be with, uh, with the right instruction and the, and the right
0: drive. Great, right, great. You know, today we want to talk about two most important uh, topics in high performance, strength and conditioning. About one is the strength training and then then move to the speed training. And then you are one of the experts in this field. Give us some uh, ideas. First, I want to talk about the corrective strength. What is the corrective strength?
1: Yeah, I mean, I heard that moniker, uh, you know, sort of recently i'm old school i'm 150 years old Someone, someone's telling me about corrective strength i'm like what <laughs> you know i mean if you look at the definition of corrective strength it, it's sort of like you know let's just train correctly you know that's <laughs> yeah. like we train joint stability increasing strength you know yada yada we used to call it sports specific strength and conditioning i mean yeah oh so, uh you know corrective strength i think is just a new moniker for i mean for example we have Sometimes we don't even have strength conditioning coach anymore. Now we have um, athletic performance coach or the basketball yeah. team as a performance coach. You no, know, they've got a strength and conditioning
0: coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, different word.
1: You know, they've, they've just, re- they've just uh, sort of redefined a lot of different things. But uh, um, yeah, corrective strength um, you know, it's, it's, it's your fundamental basic training. I mean, you can have corrective strength in physiotherapy and recovery. You can have corrective strength in just your basic working out in terms of making a sport specific to the sport that you do. So, you know, you're not going to, you don't want to, you don't want a 220 kilo uh, clean and jerk if you're a, uh, you know, long jumper, <laughs> you know, it, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's keep things, let's keep things specific, you know, so. yeah.
0: So, so it means because uh, before I think we had this uh, conversation, so we see some ta- like strong athletes, they do like hundreds of kilo like squat but with a bad technique what do we do with this kind of atlas so do you need to change their technique they are not really good or
1: we remember we were talking about it, like so we saw you know i, I saw this um uh, this presentation online and, and basically the gentleman was saying that uh when there, there was it was a comparison so the, uh, he was talking about a gentleman uh, who could squat 1100 pounds uh, a famous squatter um and, but if you looked at the squat right away and he says this he says if we all the coaches we looked at how he squats we'd be like oh my gosh that's a horrible squat but he's saying well yeah he squats 1100 pounds so who am I to correct him and I'm like okay continue and I'm listening to him and he's saying listen we tried to teach him the right way to squat but uh you know when he did that his squat came down and he couldn't squat as much and I'm just sort of going up you know to me that's um that's it's just narrow-minded thinking. It's just like uh that's like an engineer building a bridge. It's not quite built correctly, but it can still hold a lot of weight. You know,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. it could hold more weight if it was built correctly, right? Yeah. So this guy's running 1,100 pound with his bad technique. Well, he's been doing it for like let's say the guy's been squatting that way for 20 years. So of course, to teach him the right angles and the correct p- position, etc., to maximize his muscular utility, uh, he's gonna it's gonna come down. He just can't he just can't squat correctly with great form and great technique his 1100 pounds because that's not how he you know his muscles aren't ready for that so if had he you know everything takes time we have that we have that a lot in uh in in high uh, high performance sprinting right yeah. you need to run correctly if you don't run correctly there's always a ceiling there's a ceiling you'll ever only go so fast it's just physics it's just mechanics it's always about the numbers you will only ever go so fast. So just because you run fast with a particular technique doesn't mean it's the right technique. But people yeah. are afraid to go slower before they go faster, and so they so they go no no that's not good. I even heard I even heard of, uh, a famous I won't say who but I even heard a famous sports announcer announcing at a track meet talking about uh, a young lady who was running and winning a particular race, and he's like if it ain't broke don't fix it. And I'm like ugh. And her technique could could use definitely use a lot of help, especially with the arms. And I just think that's wrong. I just you know, I mean, anytime you don't correct the technique, you put a ceiling on you. So I mean, I mean, mean, even Usain Bolt is 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 not one hundred percent happy with his technique. Even Usain Bolt wants better technique. You know, Glenn Mills wants
0: wants great technique because if you don't have it, there's a ceiling. Yeah, yeah. So you're just always supporting first technique and then go to the push the atlas. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So th- this is the things, you know, it's, it's, because I, I want to stay first, the strength training first. So do we need to push that much for every athlete? So w- when we talk about like periodization in uh, strength training and resistance training, so always do we need to go push that much hard, go to one, two, three, the uh, RM uh, R- and push the athlete, or it's just for the strengths like athletes. We need to go there. I mean, especially we want to, If their technique is bad, if you want to push more, put more weights. Of course, it's easier to get right. injury. Oh, well, without
1: question. I mean, poor technique. Uh, I mean, I've I'm not magic, um, I, but I've never had an athlete injured, no matter what we're doing, because we always do it with. We all, if it's not correct technique, like just exactly like you say, the opportunity to get injured is wide open. Whether you're jumping, sprinting, throwing, uh, playing a sport, you know, movement, football player, you know, it's just it's, it's the same. But uh, as far as strength goes, we used to have this expression and it was strength will never hurt you to a point. <laughs> I mean, when you look at uh, Dr. Tim, what's Tim's, uh, shomal I think, uh, I can't remember what university he's at. He's got, he had a great study. Um, and what he was showing was that anything as an athlete, as an athlete, not a weightlifter, a powerlifter, not an Olympic lifter, that's a different category, but as an athlete in a sport, once you, once you get to two times your body weight, um, anything over two times your body weight, actually, his I believe his was 2.2 times your body weight in a squat, for example, a back squat, the, the improvement to whatever it is you do, you do is negligible. So you're better off spending time on your sport than you are on this on that particular strength because you're you're basically hypothetically strong enough right so um if you're squatting you know like i say twice your body weight and you're a soccer player yeah you, you know what great let's let's go work on your speed and your your soccer ability and all the other things that are involved in your sport so it's 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 very it's very it's very interesting but the strength, I, I still agree strength will never hurt you, but sport specific strength is the key, you know, learning, learning what, what strengths you need for your sport, because obviously, I mean, yeah. different sports require different, you know, different strength exercises and you have a common base, you know, it's just like the bottom of the pyramid, you know, you want to have, you want to have a big bottom of your pyramid as far as exercises go. Yeah. And as as you get better and as you get more towards the high performance end and, the, and get getting better in your sport, you know. The number of exercises you do is you could substantially reduce them over time yeah right over time you can step you can reduce the number of exercises that you do and stick with the ones that you've now discovered work for you the best
0: yeah so yeah i think that's uh, very important that a lot of uh, young coaches they have this question about the strength training and they want to do i think that was a good probably uh like a uh, level, if you do like two times body weight for that, that's what two times body weight is for not strings athlete, because when we talk about like, uh, maybe shot pot athletes there, they need more strings or compare with the, like a soccer player, or even, I don't know other sports. So that's for general sport or the, for the
1: no, strength athletes
0: for the sports that strength is very important or yeah. is main components. Uh, I think Doctor Doctor Shimon
1: was talking about the fact that uh, you know we I look at it and I sort of go, there obviously are some exceptions to the rule, right? So when you especially when you think of throwers, so at what point, you know, like like you just like you said, shot putters, hammer throwers, discus throwers, and yeah. What at what point is, is is strength enough? Is strength is is there an open ceiling on strength in that particular category? Keeping in mind that even, you know, even with that, I would say that's a tough one. That's a tough one because they're big guys. I, I'm still going to go to 2.25 for those guys because their the throws are technical. Yeah. You know, everybody, you know, everybody comes in, everybody comes in sort of the same way, the same. But is everybody's technique the same? It's a tough. It's a tough call. I'd say for those big guys and throwers, et cetera. Yeah, I guess. I guess that might be an exception to the rule. I'd have to, yeah. uh, I have to work with a particular individual on that. You know, like when you look at it, like yeah. a, prof- a professional American football player, a lineman, you know, yeah. the guys who have to block. So, yeah. you know, actually the same guy who was talking about the, the squatter was talking about, who do you want blocking you? A guy who can bench press, you know, 200 kilos or a guy who can bench press 150 kilos? Well, you know, it depends on his technique. Yeah. Less like saying is 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 Bruce Lee going to win a fight against Andre the Giant? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? This is like, it's it's to me it's it's the it's a silly comparison. I want you know what I want a guy blo- for the football American football comparison this guy made. I, again, I thought it was silly. Who do you want? He because they were talking. Who do you want blocking? You? A guy who can bench press you know two hundred kilos, or a guy who can bench press hundred kilos. Well, I want a guy blocking for me who knows how to block. Yeah. Just because he can bench press, you know, more. Just because he bench presses more, doesn't mean he's going to be a better blocker. Sounds yeah, exactly. like you know. So I find those. So I find those comparisons sort of, sort of ridiculous. Um, I really do. Um, because at the end of the day, technique is everything. You know.
0: Yeah, I, you need I, to know the technique. Yeah, technique. So.
1: But uh, you have to have obviously, you know, for new coaches, you have to have um, a modicum of traditional you need a base for your strength, obviously. And over time, you know, as your strength increases and improves, this is a, you know, a new coach should be open to, you know, learning, learning different exercises, learning new exercises, learning what these exercises do and how they increase your strength. You know, we're working on the legs, the torso, you know, just the, the standard squat, clean to jerk, the snatch, you know, pushups, pull-ups, yeah. sit-ups. Where is, where is your base level strength? Once you've established a solid base level strength, yeah. you're so much you're just so much better than everybody else in your
0: sport anyway.
1: And then as how you're about ready,
0: the
1: go ahead? Sorry.
0: Uh, how about the endurance athletes now? Because we get a lot of question about like a marathoners, long distance yeah. runners, I don't know, cycling, swimmers. So do they need strength training? And if yes, yeah. Again, how that's, much? That's, that is that is a difficult
1: do they need strength training? I think we would be surprised. I'm going to say, you know, I I would look at an endurance athlete. I'd I'd have to do a historical, I'd have to do a historical look at that. And I'm going to take it back to uh, the Kenyans and Ethiopians. Um, You know, hypothetically back in the day when you had Ben Chipcho and we're talking about like 70s, early 80s, um, the great um, African runners. I mean, so it was hypothesized then that the reason some of these guys were so great is because their villages were like 10 kilometers apart so if you want to go play with your neighbor um you know, yeah. okay mom i'll see you guys in a couple of hours and you run over to you run 10k to your neighbor's house and then you got to run home at night oh dad wants me home by dark you know and so growing up these these kids just got they were a product of their environment and just did so much running that uh when they got into a you know a circumstance where they had coaching, et cetera, et cetera. They just, they blossomed even more. So, I mean, everybody has to have some kind of standard strength. Now, what it would be in distance um, that would be above my pay grade. If you're going to talk about marathon and, and ultra marathon and that kind of stuff, I, I, I would have to take a historical view at it because weight room strength, obviously clearly isn't what, what percentage of that is important to them. Five percent. Right. Five percent. The important thing to know you want to I mean, they're runners. So what they need to do is they need to have running strength. And how do we acquire running strength? Now, you can take the same principles from the weight room and apply it, um, you know, apply it to a particular sport, like because of the, both the numbers. So what you do in a weight room in terms of sets and reps, you might be able to accommodate something like that. Um in a distance- i mean it's just again it's all about the numbers and it's all about you know it's all about up here, so um unfortunately, in situations like that, it's gonna be trial and error, so you don't want to, of course you don't wanna you don't wanna be on the error side so it, yeah. it becomes it becomes very interesting,
0: yeah, I see some a lot of uh, runners okay I used to be a long distance runners, you know, I see a lot of you uh, the africans runners and i mean all the world probably. They usually use hill uh, training uh, to, you know, to improve like uh, what we call it, the endurance, yeah. strength. So
1: may- maybe the hills, the hills are their weight room.
0: Yeah, that's what, because mostly Kenya and ethiopians they don't believe that much in the like a weight training. Okay. But I see now some uh, like coaches from around the world, they go step by step. Some of the coach, some of the coaches, you know, they believe in like weight room and weight training, like a uh, so they uh, implemented. We'll come back for uh, strength training, but I wanna for, first we we move to the speed training. This is your you know probably top expertise. Uh, uh, t- how do you think? So how uh, how much speed is important? I mean, what do we call it in well, the strength and conditioning? What is the like a level? When is the it's the, okay, so for me,
1: regardless of the sport, regardless of the event, speed is what you need. That being said, it's hard to acquire speed without being stronger. So now you sort of, which came first, the chicken or the egg? So um, I think, because like, you can look at examples. I mean, I can give you all kinds of examples. Like you can take, uh, you can take someone who's really fast and put him in a hurdle race. Right, um, and they and that and they could be decent, but if you take someone who's really strong, no, not much speed. Put them in a hurdle race because hurdles take strength. Uh, then you know they they sort of suck. So what? It's it's hard to discern. I mean, do they go? It's sort of like it's this relationship, you know? They sort of go hand in hand. Yeah. Got to hold hands, thing, You know, strength and speed got to hold hands. Um, and then of course, um, I think I think speed is helped with you know the technical aspect of things but then again we go back in the weight room if you don't train with the weights correctly so if you're not you know angles leverage etc given your body size your upper body your lower body the length of your arms etc your stance everything has to be um, from an engineering standpoint everything has to be correct if you train correctly then that transfers to whatever you do so that transfers into to having the correct muscle structure to run correctly, to move correctly, to have, uh, you know, and then to have good footwork. I mean, you're not born with good footwork. footwork. You have to acquire good footwork. So what drills can I do? What drills can I do that helps me there? Now, do we, do we call resistance training? You'll get the rubber bands out. Is that, is that what we call weight room as well? Because if it is, then yeah, footwork and rubber bands go hand in hand. As far as I'm concerned, I could show you some drills, you know, with the uh, the resistance drills with rubber bands that will,
0: make your footwork phenomenal but uh, so so far as yeah. a high performance we see uh, because now a lot of coach they talk about this topic oh uh, strength training speed training which one important and we see a lot of like uh uh spring coaches uh, they know uh, they they think we don't need really that much uh, strength training or weight Room training and then they think so speed training is the more things like you say we're talking about the American football they say they don't wanna they don't need they don't they don't block players by bench press they want they need to run they need to be fast uh, or in the football in any sport the sprint is the main uh probably yeah. physical fitness yeah, yeah, yeah. component what what I say to them is
1: it's like okay well. Let me see your underlying. Let me see your underlying strengths. So let me let me test you and see where your where your strengths and weaknesses are. And I look at them and I compare them to what it takes to run quickly. And of course, I mean, I can show you you can you can you can I can show you really skinny guys that are like fast as the wind. But you know, you put them in the weight room and they can't lift they can't lift anything. So there now we're back to that if it ain't if it ain't broke don't fix it. So it's like okay well what if that what if that fast what if that really fast, skinny guy was, you know, muscularly stronger, especially with the sprint muscles? Well, of course he'd run faster. Of course he would run faster. I mean, it's just, it's it's scientifically logical. But, again, people are going to think, yeah, but he's going to get muscly. He's going to get stiff. He's going to get tight. It's not going to, he's not going to be able to run. No, it doesn't, you know, building musculature correctly doesn't work like that. So, yeah. Those guys are anomalies. Those are anomalies because you see Usain when he was 17, 18, you know, he was like a stick. And then you see that, you see him step onto the track, big shouldered man, you know, beside Asafa Powell and all those, you know, yeah. big Jamaicans. Man, yeah, okay. Tell me the weight room's
0: not important. <laughs> yeah, so the so you think the strength training is important. So, Absolutely. but if, if you, if like, which one is more important, like as a high performance, we don't talk about like a throwers. They are, I mean, right. But in the general sports, like a team sports, like uh, basketball,
1: or football. Or... Yeah,
0: basketball, football, team sport, and like uh, individual, but not strength athletes. Uh, speed is and... important. We need to what's the uh, focus must be in focus in strength training or in speed training. Which one is? Wow. Um, must lead in
1: the training. For me, it would depend specifically on the sport. But I would say, it would depend, yeah, I can't be fast if I'm not strong. I, you know, as, as, I mean, I sort of, I lean, I lean towards, you know, what I say in every single, every single event, every single sport. I say speed is what you need because it's hard for when you arrive at that sport at the highest level. It's hard for, they don't have time to teach you speed, right? They can, they can, they can help you with the strength. These guys come to the NBA for example, in basketball, they've got a strength and conditioning coach, right? They don't have a speed coach. Yeah. Right. So they can in and, 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 and American football, you know, you show up and you're the fastest wide receiver. They'll teach you how to play football and they've got a strength and conditioning coach will make you bigger and stronger. Right. So they arrive yeah. with speed. So maybe they spent their maybe they spent their whole, you know, juvenile adult life working on their speed and not their strength. And I think that happens a lot. That's why that's why yeah. in the pros. They started to institute strength and conditioning coaches because people were showing up, like you know, as strong as a wet noodle. And they sort of like, "Hey, this yeah. is a pros, man. You're gonna have to be strong and protect yourself." So clearly, strength was important at the top, uh, top level. Um, only because they don't have a, you know, they don't have a speed coach in the NFL. They don't have a speed coach in the NBA. It's always a strength and conditioning coach. So uh, historically, uh, that's where I think it started there. So. You know, I, I just can't, I can't lean speed is what you need, but you can't be strong. You can't be faster without strength. I don't, I, I don't know which one to put first. Uh, hypothetically, I would put strength and conditioning first because again, if I don't have any kind of strength, a foundation, then yeah, being faster is going to be hard. Being the fastest yeah. is going to be hard. So yeah. like tell guess, so- let's look at, a, look at a gymnast. If you don't give a gymnast strength and they're one of the strongest athletes, I think, pound for pound. I mean, look at the, look at the thing gymnast, a male gymnast does, you know, on the rings, on the, I mean, I mean, it's insane. That kind of yeah. strength, body weight strength is yeah, that's impressive, strong. crazy impressive. If they didn't have that strength. There would be no gymnastics.
0: So the the question is uh, is you know you see the strengths code like strength and conditioning coach in high performance, they spend like probably one hour, two hours in the weight training, but when they come up to the design speed training, they go so easy. Okay, do ten times ten meters and they finish in like four or five minutes speed training. How do you think? I mean, this is do you think it's okay? So we doing like a probably 2 3 minutes speed training uh, they can be no. fast
1: no no
0: there's, there's no and it depends of course it
1: depends okay. on the sport so clearly if anybody was a runner or a sprinter like that no, that wouldn't work if they were a tennis player still wouldn't work uh, if they were a football player still wouldn't work I mean I don't I don't see how something you know that minimalistic and as far as the speed training goes is is going to help you
0: um not remotely
1: you know so why this? Yep, go ahead. Yeah. So
0: what do you think? What is that? So do we train like a speed training for not sprint at least?
1: Well, for the, how, the, is the so how is that approach? How is how
0: time we need to
1: how long so we need the, to athletes spend? Who you need the athletes who need speed, but they also need speed in different directions. Football players, tennis players, basketball players. You know, that's that's a different animal um, because and it, it's a different animal because, you know, when you look at basketball and tennis, you've got a you've got a restricted area so you know you can only you can only move so fast and so quickly in a restricted area basketball court tennis court singles doubles um where on a football field you know it is a restricted area but it's a big ass restricted area (laughs) yeah so so you can get a lot of you can get a lot of running in there so for a football player um clearly the the sprint um you know um, the sprint training is going to be a lot different for them than it would be for a basketball player or for a tennis player i mean for a tennis player i'm I'm not even, we're not even doing sprint training. We're going to do mobility training because she needs to go from point A to point B with great footwork because she has to set up when she gets there or when he gets there, he's got to set up. So he's got to, he's got to, you know, he's got to have great mobility to get there. And then he's got to have great footwork to set up to hit a shot. So we're not, we're not, uh, we're not going for a run on the track. We're not going to be doing power speed stuff. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Um, basketball player, they're great athletes. Um, we could do some, uh, We're going to just do something we're going to do something a little more endurance, like speed endurance oriented instead of power speed, because they've got to they've got to be able to, you know, some guys run. I don't know what it is. I'm like 10 kilometers, 20 kilometers in an evening in a basketball game up and down the court. Uh, I can't remember what the stat was on that, but, you know, they've they've had pedometers on guys and they they run a lot. So we're going to have a little more speed endurance for basketball players. Speed endurance power, because of course they're jumpers, but again, they have to have the footwork. And when you look at a lot of these, when you look at a lot of these sports that require um, what I will call non-speed training per se, you know, linear, it's got to be, it's got to be mobility. The things you have to protect the most are usually shoulders and knees. So for athletes in tennis, athletes in basketball, shoulders and knees, the first things to go. So my, so your training, my training is uh, designed to strengthen those areas and, you know, muscle attaches tendon tendon to bone. So I, you won't have any injuries if, if the develop, if the developmental process is correct. And so that's, that's, that's what I've always done. I've never had any, I've never had anybody get injured. I've had injuries galore because yeah. I didn't have key to teach me when I was young, but uh, with, with the knowledge, you know, especially I would tell I would even say that to beginning trainers, young trainers, you know, especially if you have somebody in a sport that involves mobility, knees, take care of the knees. You know and again we do a lot of resistance band stuff i got some great exercises for that and then of course because they live because they move and they live in a restricted area then again you can you can you can concentrate more on the strength the strength and speed you know what i mean you can concentrate a little more on the strength than you than you would um otherwise so yeah i mean it's it's relatively simple
0: Oh, so you have a different approach, even we talk about the, like a speed training. you don't have a general approach for every athlete or every sport, so you look at different sport, different needs, even different athletes, and then you design speed training for them
1: absolutely absolutely and, and you're gonna get and you're gonna get lucky a lot of times and that's why and again that's why they say you know that's why there's always been this uh controversy with the, uh, with the uh, coaches or parents or whoever talking about, you know, um, having kids just do that one sport from being a kid, you know, sort of like, no, 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 no. You're never going to develop a, a great athlete. Athletes are all the best in tennis, the best in, you know, all the sports. There were great athletes, great athletes. Look what great athletes have done. So, you know, you can't let your kid, you can't have your kids specializing at, at five years old.
0: <laughs> I yeah. Mean, yeah,
1: yeah. Let let a kid be a kid. Go play football. Go play tennis. Go play go play basketball. Go play all the sports. You know, and as you get older, when you hit double digits, if you want to think about if you want to think about go play golf. You know, golf was the very first game I learned how to play. Golf and tennis for the first two I learned how to play before I was ten years old. And uh, you know, it's just I just think, you know, that gave me great hand eye. Kind of thing. Now I didn't I didn't you know, I had no desire to be a professional golfer, professional tennis player. I loved them, I enjoyed them, but that gave me that gave me extra skills, you know? So, so when yeah. I did decide to, you know, narrow it down a little bit, I just had, I, I'm carrying all these skills and that's what these kids will do. They'll carry skills into uh, the specialized sport that they want to do and they'll have more skills than the other kid. So you, you got to let a kid be a kid, man, and don't specialize so early because otherwise you fail to, uh, in my, my view, you fail to, adopt or develop this special special skills you will need to be great in the future
0: yeah i think so because you see some countries i see like canada uh, they have this uh, long-term at least development like model they do in the schools or like other some uh, countries they have this multi-sport program for primary kids even in middle school so the kids uh, start to learn many sports every year and then. They have a good foundation. They know a lot of sports yeah. Then, when they choose their main sport in, probably in high school. And then they, they have a lot. I mean, they, they have a very strong base. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the, I want to go talk about, you know, I mean, you, you got a lot of experience in the, as a, like athletes learning many sports in then move to the high performance in the top level in Olympics. Then. Uh, change career as a coach and become, you know, uh, one of the greatest coach in many sports in athletics, also in strength and conditioning, uh, uh field in many sports. Uh, the, what, what is advice for the young coaches? Because now we see a lot of coach, uh, young athletes, especially from the, you know, their from their sports. They want to switch to the coaching. Uh, what, what do you, what do you, what's your, what they need to do? What's the, well, you know. I think,
1: you know, I think, uh, if, especially if it's an athlete switching to be coach, you know, you have to get, uh, my advice would be make sure you get your academia behind you, you know, make sure that you, uh, first and foremost, you know, you, you have to do something like the, uh, and it's a plug for the IASC, but that's just because uh, I'm just speaking the truth. You need to have some yeah. academia academia behind you so that you understand, you know, uh, muscle function muscle movement uh injury prevent you know you've got to you've got to have sort of that medical take on the physiological body so that you realize that when you were an athlete and these demands were being put on you now you're looking at it physiologically very introspectively sort of going ah maybe that's why i got injured you know back back whenever you know you're doing your things so yeah so let's for the coaches who are athletes going to coach get the academia behind you just so you have a better reference um and then of course you always have to have it's good that you were an athlete and if you want to be a coach you just have to you know you have to have great interpersonal skills just remember how remember all remember all the things you didn't like being said to you Ah, you're nothing shut up suck it up you can do more just remember all those things that you didn't like and don't pass that along to the to, to your client you know again it's treat others as you'd like to be treated now you know, I mean, I think the old school coach of yelling and screaming is gone in uh, in in the West, Western hemisphere, you know, not here in the yeah. East and not in Eastern Europe. It's still yelling and screaming, old school craziness, but uh, <laughs> they haven't moved on and gotten any smarter. But, uh, you know, in, in the West, yeah. And you have to have, you have to have that, you have to have good interpersonal skills, good communication skills. You know, it's just like, it's just like being a, you wanna be a teacher, a grade school teacher, high school teacher, a professor, what do you need to do those things? I mean, you were, we were, we were students in grade school. We were students in high school. We were students in university. So just cause we've gone through that process, we had teachers we liked, teachers we didn't like so much and why, right? Now, just because, just because we've taken academia to a particular height, doesn't mean that we'll make good teachers. So that's why we have teachers college after that. <laughs> right, so yeah. we're we're, yeah. Like, we're student all our life, and now we're now we're going to a, an institution that's going to teach us how to have those skills. So uh, those are very important. The academia is very important um, to 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 add to your practical skills. So as an so, athlete, practical skills, you need the academia behind you.
0: So you think academia is uh, having a degree in sports science, or just uh, having a certification is okay, with, well, or mean- both? I mean.
1: Yeah, the more, the merrier, um, the more, the merrier. I mean, at the end of the day, in my personal view, um, it's, 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 you know, experience in academia are the proper combination. But if you're starting out, if you're starting out as a coach, you will, you will not have the experience. You know, you will not have that experience. You, you're just, uh, you're like a doctor who I'm, I'm fresh out of med school as a general okay. practitioner and I open my doctor's office right? And, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of experience in the real world. So that's why it's called a doctor opens a, you know, yes, I have a medical practice. I'm a general practitioner. I'm a general practitioner, GP. Yeah. Practice. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a thousand patients. I haven't seen, I haven't seen cancers and this and that and that, the done influenza I haven't seen it all. That's why I'm practicing, but I, but I am qualified. So, you know, your qualifications can come um, at at a high performance level, like international, like us, like IASC, or your qualifications can come with a degree in kinesiology or, you know, whatever whatever, uh, sports science that you want to get into. I have a little trouble (laughs) per se with strictly sports science because I find a lot of them tend to be, you know, I, I know there's a lot of great academics, but they haven't got a, they haven't got a smidge of experience in the real world. We have a lot of that. There's a lot of that in Romania. Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's just not realistic. Hypothetically, yes, but when you put it in practice and it, it will fail nine times out of ten, I've just seen it fail nine times out of ten. So that's why I say, you know, academia and, um, and your professional experience, that's the perfect combination. But so if so, you're new, yeah, so if you're new, definitely, uh, your, your experience as an athlete helps. Now let's get some academia let's get some certifications behind you so that you can, you can apply practically now what you know to others.
0: So what, what is the, so how much important experience as an athlete? Because, you know, some people think, oh, you need to be <laughs> top athletes to be a coach, or some people think, Hey, you don't need even to be a coaching or athlete in that sport. And then you can be a, coaching that sport, which
1: Yeah, that's very rare to be a, to not have done a sport and just to be a coach and have somebody phenomenal. It's tough. You either so have think... to be, you have to be a savant genius or something because, um, you know, that's like that's asking. That's like saying I'm a man and I want to give birth. I, I know nothing. I know nothing about, you know, the third trimester. Yeah, I can, you know, <laughs> I I'm I'm blind there, right? So it's like Yeah. Yeah. You you the practical experience I think is is very important, but just because you're you know, if you don't have any experience in something, you can do well. Yeah, you could do well. And of course there are exceptions to the rule. But just because they're in sections to the rule doesn't make it the rule. Because yeah. like, people will People will argue with you. Yeah, well, so and so he never did that. And look, he produced the uh, national champions. I'm like, okay, well, there's one
0: name. Absolutely.
1: There's your yeah. one. Okay, so okay, yeah, can it happen? Yes. Is are the odds of it happening good? No, they're remote. So what you want to you want to yeah. you want to die on that hill? You want to die on the hill of one remote possibility? Not going to happen. You're going to lose in Vegas. Take those take that attitude with you to Vegas. See how well you do.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, do you think as uh, your athlete's career, your level as career, you're higher if you are like Olympians or like Olympic champion, it's High performance, these kind of thing. They, there's, they could be better coached than the athletes. There's coaches who doesn't have that high career yeah, as athlete.
1: No, no, um, no. Just because, just because I was an Olympic champion in. I mean, it helps without question. It helps. So I'm an Olympic champion and that person has did the sport in high school and we both come into academia the same way and we both leave academia and go to coach. I, I definitely think the, the athlete has a, a distinct advantage, but only if that athlete, you know, has communication skills. You'll have, you'll have some people have great communication skills. I mean, and, and with great communication skills and knowledge, you know, you can you can really help each other out in terms of the coaching relationship. So if you sit down and say, look, you know, I was never an Olympian at this. I never made an Olympic final. But let me tell you something. Okay, let's look how you feel. Let's let's break down what we've been doing. And you have this conversation. You just can't march around like, well, I was an Olympian, but I know what I'm doing. Do this. You know, it's just like, yeah, not going to yeah. work out. So well, I don't think. But I have, I mean, I've never, I've never seen it. All the great coaches that I know were great athletes and had great communication skills and, you know, a great rapport with their athletes, you know, and empathy, um, who they understood the pain, you know, if you've never, you know, how can, how can we possibly understand the pain of giving birth when we've never given birth? We haven't a clue. So if you are a coach who's never, you know, run a 1500, you know, meter race, at a particular time or even run the race period or even like you don't know the pain you understand what pain is but you don't understand that specific pain so it's you're at a disadvantage with somebody who does know
0: yeah that's that's i think the problem we see a lot of academic you know they come come out from the college and they start coaching without any experience and then they don't like, understand the numbers they were they write the training program and they just mess up and it's something unbelievable i've seen even Like here, we had a coach, he did like one time, he he wrote like 100, 100 meters. I said, what's what, what is this? I mean, they don't understand the numbers. Like you say, what is 100 times 100 meter? What does it takes a day to finish? You know, they don't get the number because they never do. You know, they don't know. And they're practitioners.
1: The academics come out without, without having that sports background, they come out of sports science, uh, university or they come out of whatever program it is related to sports and training and they're practitioners that means that means when they come to write a program they've never written a program for anybody they mean they they did it in university the hypotheticals et cetera. Et cetera. but now in the real world they're practitioners now maybe in three or four or five or ten years of of writing programs for other athletes and seeing you know failing and nothing on but you wait you've destroyed those people that you've been that you've been practicing with, you you've used them to, to get better knowledge, you know. And it's just, it's just. I, so I, what
0: do you think? So what they need to do? Because there is a lot of coaches, a lot of young, uh, you know, young coaches come out, you know, graduate from university. What you do? How do they need to start? Not you know, how, how is they that?
1: Start, they should start. They should start with with youngsters. So they, let's 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 start with people you can't destroy. So let's let's start. Let's start with some youngsters. Keep it basic, fundamental. You were maybe when they were youngsters, they played a little sport. Maybe when they were youngsters, they ran around the schoolyard. You know, they understand yeah. that and and they should and they, and work and work their way. up, Get your experience in, in working your way up. Don't come out of university with like. Uh, you know, a, a degree in X, Y, look, I come out of university with an MBA and I go to work for, you know, I go to work for a big finance company. What do I know? They're going to teach yeah. me the job. They're going to teach me the job. I yeah. certainly don't. I can't roll in and do the job like an ace. I can't do it. Someone's got to teach me the job. So as you're a coach, someone's got to teach you how to coach. You've got to learn how to put together programs for people. You've got to learn to to teach a sport. You've got to learn to demonstrate. Gosh, if you can't demonstrate, that's really tough too. That's really tough. So you better yeah. be you better be a, you better be a video analysis guru, if uh, if you can't demonstrate something, which means. You need, you need to be able to find the best in the world or find a video of someone who does it, you know, intrinsically well, and show that to your student. slow-mo it down and look at the, break down the action and say, listen, okay, so now let's look at this video and let's look at how you do it on video. I mean, you know what I mean? You've got to, you, you no. need to take that time. If you don't have the practical experience and the coaches don't do that. I don't, I don't see a lot of them doing that. It's just sort of like I've got my degree and, uh, I'm I'm now a level five coach. <laughs>
0: like, oh. yeah, yeah, I and see some five. university. Oh. Yeah, I see some university. They have some like internship uh, program. You know, when this young uh, student they they want to graduate, and before they graduate, they join the university team. They you know they learn from the other strength coach or other coach that they have this good opportunity to work with. I mean, to watch other coach work right. before they start. I think that mm-hmm. could be a good uh, approach. Good. I mean, but not most of the university they provide uh, uh, this kind of uh, opportunity to the, the students. And, and like you said, there's, I've seen a lot of young coaches, they suddenly, they have some talent kids, very strong, very good at everything, and but they don't know what to do. I mean, just, just destroy the kids and never kids just drop out yeah. from the sport.
1: Who wants to be practiced on? I'm coming to you with some talent, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna you're giving me a program that you, you learned in university, or you think will work. Uh, apparently, you know I should be doing this, but I'm in like no thanks.
0: Yeah, thank you, Howard. That was very great uh, chat with you. It was an uh, interesting uh, chat with you. Thank you very much. I do want to talk anything. I, I didn't mention anything, any topics, any,
1: no, no, it's always final words. Final words. Um, you know, be a great coach. You know, the, the what's the formula, you know, experience, academia, interpersonal skills, communication, nail those four things down, and you will be a great coach.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Okay, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, help us support our podcast. Uh, follow us in social media with IISC fitness and share our podcast with your friends. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, keep in touch and see you next time. Goodbye.